This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex trading-related questions every Monday morning. Now, if you have a Forex trading-related question and you have not asked one before and you have consumed all of the material up until now, go to nononsenseforex.com slash askvp. Fill out the form and I will get back to you typically within 48 hours. So let's talk about AskVP real quick, go over a few things before we get too far here. I sent my email list out an indicator uh, a few weeks ago, and some people did not get it because some people were not on my list. Uh, If this is you, uh, first, check your junk folder, your spam folder, and just make sure my replies are not going there. Pretty common stuff. Two, If you're not on it, all you have to do is go to the little form I have to the right and down on my website on pretty much every page you see and go ahead and reapply again. Um, What will happen this time is you will get sent to a thank you page. And on this thank you page are two main things. One, a sentence in big letters saying, you will not receive a confirmation email. Uh, I still get people saying, where's my confirmation email? I'm like, dumbass, look at the thank you page in big letters up top. It's right there. Um, But you will also get the video and the link um, that I sent out to everybody else. So you will not fall behind. I am going to take this down eventually. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it might not be there anymore. Uh, And if it's not, don't ask me for it. If you miss out, you miss out. That's fine. Plenty more really cool stuff coming down the pike. Um, But it'd be way easier if you just did that as opposed to me trying to manually add you or send you the video, all that kind of stuff. Uh, What's going to happen eventually is uh, after I send a few more things out, I'm going to go to my email service provider and run a purge, which means anybody who has not opened any of the last three emails uh, will just be erased from the email list. Uh, So in the end, it's going to work out for everybody. But if you ever don't get something that I sent out, do one of those two things. The last contact form I had was terrible, and I don't know if it was getting everybody on my email list like I said it was. Uh, And the one I have now doesn't put you on my email list at all. Uh, So some people did fall through the cracks, and that's certainly not cool. I want to correct that. But the best way to do that is for you to correct that on your end. And if there's any duplications or anything like that, I can just wipe them out down the road. Oh, and if you asked me a question and I did not respond, it's probably because of one of two things. Either you spelt your email address wrong. I've been getting a weird amount of that like the last couple weeks. Or in some cases, I'm sending my replies to people that have a full inbox. This still happens in 2019, apparently. But I've had a few of these, and I've had uh, almost a dozen to where people are just not spelling their email address correctly. So I should have just said nothing and let your punishment for being dumb or lazy be not having me reply to your question. But I'm going to give you a second chance here. If you have not heard back from me, try again and just make sure that your inbox is not full and you have spelled your email address correctly. Please don't make me have to come on the podcast and say this again. Now, I also want to touch on something from last week's episode. Last week, we talked about the 2019 flash crash that happened on January 3rd. And I got a couple really interesting follow-up questions. And it's something I probably should have tackled last week, um, but I didn't. So let me just give you a little quick bit on it right now. The questions were, hey, how do we protect ourselves from flash crashes in the future? And this is a really great question, and I just never got asked it before, so I didn't even think to to talk about it. Um, But my answer is twofold here. One, it almost never happens, so it's not something to really worry about. I know it's scary because, you know, price can go past your stop loss and erase a ton of work that you've already done, uh, or worst case scenario, lose everything you have in your account. 
Obviously, this is very scary. Um, But here's the good news. Again, they happen every two or three years, and they usually happen, when I say usually, probably almost always happen, to people who are on the gigantic majority of one side. How come? Well, easy, because it's free money for the banks. Those people are almost always trying to call a reversal. And what is the one thing that we make sure we don't do here at No Nonsense Forex? We make sure we're not on that side. I did not hear from one of my followers that said they got caught up on the wrong side of that flash crash. I had a lot of them say they made a ton of pips and really, really banked off of it, but not one, at least not one that I heard of, saying that they really got hit with that. And it's no surprise. Um, When you make sure that you do things that keep you away from the huge, huge majority, more often than not, uh, the chances of something like a flash crash really affecting you in a negative way is very, very small. So there's nothing we can do about it. It's completely out of our control. But what we can control is whether we make ourselves a target or do we take the steps to make sure that we don't become the target. And if we choose the latter, there is a very small chance that anything like this will ever affect us in a bad way. Ten years of trading, I've been through a number of these. Not one of them affected me negatively. There was actually one time I could have really, really profited off of it, but as you guys know, I trade the daily chart, and I, don't, I only look at my charts once a day, and the flash crash had already come and gone by then. Oh, and one more thing. If you don't be a complete bonehead and trade during like obvious elections, and you don't try to get cute like the people who lost a bunch of money in the Euro Swissy crash back in 2015 did, if you just avoid not being an idiot, this also ups your chances tremendously of never getting bit by a flash crash or a giant candle. So rest easy, traders. It's really not a big concern, at least not for us. It is the Forex Q&A podcast, and episode 30's question is another one that I push to the front a little bit because I am getting this question all the time now. And I do like the question to a degree because it shows you guys are thinking. And uh, I have been in the same place before and I've done um, this thing that I'm about to talk about. Uh, But in in another way, it shows that I don't know if you guys are really hearing me clearly on some of these videos. So let's go ahead and go over this again. Episodes 30's question is from Ben. Ben is from London. He says London-ish, England. And I've been to London plenty of times. I know what he's talking about. But Ben's question is this. I didn't write it down, so I'm going to pull it up. Here we go. Would you ever entertain cycling through lower time scales, 15 minute, one hour, four hour, maybe to monitor the health of the trade at all? Or is this just a shit way of sabotaging my own success? So short answer, the latter. Uh, As for the long answer, we need to break this down into a few different sections. Now look, traders, I get it. Uh, You're trading the daily chart. It's really slow. And you're seeing some opportunities to maybe where you can go in and get a little more surgical with things when it comes to entries and exits and really get those last little extra pips by being more surgical and more precise. Now you guys are seeing the upside to this, but you're not seeing the downside and the downside is much greater. So the first part I want to tackle on this is using lower time frames to manage a trade that you're already in. Saying, okay, I'm going to enter this trade on the daily chart like VP told me to do, but then as soon as it gives me a a signal the other way on the four hour or the one hour, I'm going to go ahead and take the trade off. Now, look, I understand why you want to do this. Uh, You had a trade that ran really good on the daily chart and you saw how much it put into your account and you fell in love with that number and you took a picture 
And the end result was about one to 200 pips less of where that trade ran. Uh, instead of the 500 pips you thought you had, you only ended up with three or 250 or something like that. Uh, that is just the nature of Forex trading. And this is going to sound crazy to you because you're like leaving 200 pips on the table like that is Forex trading. Yes, it is. Currency pairs move in waves, which means there are moves and then there are retracements. If you have not seen it, go back to the ratios video I did in the money management playlist. On that video, I show you that the one thing that puts money directly into your pocket is taking part in those nice long runs. Those runs that can go anywhere from 500 to 1500 pips, sometimes even more, depending on what pair you're trading. Taking part in runs like that is how I make my money. I don't make my money off the smaller wins, they just negate my losses. I make sure I do everything I can to participate in those big, huge runs because they happen in every single currency pair a few times a year. And now there are two ways that I know of to make sure that you never, ever participate in those big runs. One is to do what I said in the ratios video and actually use ratios like a two to one or a three to one. Uh, those are silly. Uh, people think they're practicing really good money management when they do that, and they're not. Uh, they're capping their upside, and that's ridiculous. Never cap your upside. And so another way to make sure that you never participate in those huge runs is to go into a lower time frame and cut bait as soon as price starts going the other way on a lower time frame. You guys need to let your trade breathe and do what it does if you're ever going to take part in those big runs. And in the span of a very long run, uh, any currency pair is going to retrace a few times. And if you exit out the very first time it does it, you're not going to get to participate in the rest of it. So avoid the urge to go in and do that. I will have a video in my trading psychology series that talks about this a little bit deeper when it comes to letting go of that regret uh, that you felt like you left 100, 150 pips on the table because you didn't get out at a certain time, as opposed to just trusting your system and letting your system do the work, uh, which if any of you have followed the trading psychology playlist is pretty much the answer to everything. So if you're ever faced with one of these decisions, just know that that is always going to be the answer. You put this wonderful system in place, you saw it work really well when you tested it out, let it do its job. You getting in there and trying to drop down to a lower time frame to manage the trade and get out early, when it really comes down to it, is you trading by feel. And shit like that is kryptonite when it comes to your trading account. Avoid the urge. So another thing people ask, and they probably ask this more than they do anything else, is can I enter a trade um, at a better point? than the daily chart gives me by going into the hour chart or the four-hour chart. You know, and then maybe if it does well, then I'll manage it on the daily chart. So pretty much the reverse of what we just got done talking about. And again, I do not recommend that you do this. We have already established that the daily chart, no matter what technical tool you are using, is the most accurate chart out there. So you're already resigning yourself to the fact that you're going to find a less accurate entry point. So bad idea already. And along these same lines too, I'll get asked, hey, when you see a trade set up on the daily chart, do you ever go and look at lower time frames after the fact to try to get in at an even better point? And my answer is always no. Uh, well, for one main reason, um, a lot of times, and you'll see this too, any trade setup you have on the daily chart, more often than not, is going to be a total FOMO trade on a lower time frame. So FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, we talked about this too. I have a very poor record when it comes to me taking FOMO trades. 
uh, the math is always against you. Uh, but if I got a great short setup on the euro dollar, for example, on the daily chart, and I go back and look at the four-hour chart, there is a very small chance I'm also going to get a short entry there too. More likely, it's going to have run way past my entry point already on the four-hour chart. And so now what does that tell me? Well, that gives me a fear now that you know this pair is going to start going the other way. And then I'll talk myself out of a perfectly good trade setup. I know this because I used to do this. And so I talk myself out of the trade. And then what would happen? Uh, would I get a pullback? No. <laughs> Price would just keep going short for hundreds of pips. Hundreds of pips that I was no longer able to get. I would have, but I talked myself out of it. And instead of getting all those pips that were rightfully mine, I was afraid of a little bit of drawdown. And I got too fancy. And I lost out on a big trade. I've come to the point in my trading career where I really don't mind losers. But I really, really do mind missing out on obvious winners that I should have taken part of because my system, based on the daily chart, told me to. Because there's absolutely no excuse for that. Now, I almost never miss out on winners these days. If my charts gave me a winning trade, I pretty much got it every time. And a big reason for that that did not exist seven years ago in my trading is that I stopped being fancy. I stopped trying to drill down and get the perfect entry point and the perfect exit point. I learned how to cope with the emotions based on the fact that sometimes I'm going to have a 500 pip run that when it's all said and done is going to end up being a 275 pip run. And that's just how the game goes. Traders, this is such a beautifully easy, laid back, low maintenance, successful system I'm trying to have you guys put together. And a lot of you are trying to make it the opposite of that. Let the system you created, based on the daily chart, do its job and do nothing else. Actually, there is one thing you are going to need to do, but I think we are going to talk about that in Thursday's trading video foreshadowing. So stick around for that. So there is one more variation of this question I do get, and this is something I mentioned in episode three of the podcast. I'm going to link that and the ratios video below in the show notes. But people will also ask, do you look at the weekly chart to detect the overall bias of a currency pair before making your decision? And my answer is no, I don't. I already told you, I don't use the weekly chart at all. It's less accurate than the daily chart. Sounds counterintuitive, right? It's a longer term chart. How can it not be more accurate? Well, because so much can happen from a fundamental standpoint, really, in the course of a week to any currency, that it can start to override technicals. Not often, but just enough to where the weekly chart allows too much time for shit to go sideways. To where if something fundamental were to happen on the daily chart, you can write it off and just move on. But also, you know, we are trend traders, of course, um, but as far as where the overall long-term prevailing trend is going, that doesn't really matter to us. In the course of those really long-term prevailing trends, there are retracements that could have five to 800 pips within them. Um, I would like to get some of that, and our systems allow us to do that. Plus, again, I might have a really great short setup on the euro dollar but it's still in a long-term trend on the weekly. A long trend. And that doesn't mean I shouldn't take the trade. So traders, the main point of episode 30 is to stay on the daily chart religiously because you will allow your system to do its job the way it's supposed to do its job. You will keep your emotional self out of it. And by eliminating every other time frame, you will also eliminate all of the reasons, dumb reasons, that you will give yourself to not enter a perfectly good trade. Drawdown happens. Retracements happen. 
and you will almost never exit a winning trade at its most optimal point. Get comfortable with that. But just know also and take great comfort in the fact that your bottom line at the end of the year is going to be much higher as a result of doing things this way, as a result of having discipline. And that's what matters, right? The bottom line is called the bottom line for a reason, right? So this should be good news, right? I just told you to do a lot less than you were probably planning on doing. Trust me on this. But trust me on this too. It's not going to matter unless you've put a system together. And that takes time. So get to work. And never stop working. Be relentless in 2019. And let's go get it.